Hello everyone, this is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well from the last time you tuned in. Today, I would like to introduce you to my dear friend, um, Mario Schifo. And he is an entrepreneur. He is 73 years old and he lived a life of distinction. And I think he is living the best life that he is now. And I'm so excited to have him on the show today because every time I speak with Mario, there's always wisdom, there's always humor, there's always insight that is difficult to come by these days. So I'm very excited to introduce Mario. Hey, Mario. Good morning. Glad to be here, share this day with you and a little bit about my life. Well, uh, where would you like to start? Let's start where you are right now. Uh, can you tell us about your life right now? What do you have going on? Well, right now I'm a hairstylist, and uh, my wife and I work together, a few other employees, and uh, we've been cutting hair for a long time, and that's about what I'm doing now as far as work goes. Uh, I've done other businesses in my past. I've had a cleaning business called One Call Clean All with a partner named Alan. Had a sushi bar with another partner named George. Uh, had other businesses when I was a young man, like delivering newspapers and broad jumping and gambling for money, like I can jump higher than you for a dollar, or uh, I can jump out of that window, I promise you I can, for two dollars. And because I wasn't old enough to be a paper boy, but when I was old enough, I became a paper boy. And then I went on to doing other things, like raking leaves. I always wanted to make money. Uh, we came from a, a not too well-off family we my dad only made about 120 bucks a year coming from Europe as immigrants legally mind you and uh, we uh, had to help my uh, parents as much as we could with income so we all worked for my dad we had seven children and uh, my mom stayed home and I helped him with his business which was a restaurant in New York City it was getting a little bit hard for me to do that because my head was not wrapped around the restaurant business at that time. So I decided like uh, two weeks before graduation of high school, I enlisted in the military, Navy. And that was a good thing for me because that's where I became a barber. And still a barber now, 53 years later come January 13th. Loved the business, met a lot of nice people inspirational people, people who guided me when I didn't know what I needed to do or where to go. They gave me inspiration, and there's a reason to, to live. Mm. And then one day, uh, through a friend of mine, I met Jesus. And uh, since then, my heart had been changed. So now I'm into the good side of me, being I'm so old, I just want to give to people. Right. Whatever I got to share, I, I share. I'm in the process now of training a few hairstylists, and uh, I think they're going to be very well to do in the craft because they have the desire, as I had. In order to do something real well, you have to have the desire. Right. If you don't have the desire, it's just going through the motions to please someone else and not yourself. And that's where I'm at with where I am today. I, you know what, Mario? I love your candor. And I love your personality. I love your personality that you're so open 
to share where you came from and the lessons you learned. And I've known you for several years now. And every time I have a chance to talk with you, there's always something new. Can you look into your life and maybe share a lesson? A lesson where you had experienced a personal failure. Could it be business? Could it be personal failure? What did you feel at that time? What did you learn? And how did it help you to become who you are now? Well, I was married for 27 years prior to this present marriage for 20 years. And talking about failure, when a divorce comes into play and you're bound to feel like a failure at moments and times of your life. But I've learned that, you know what, all you got to do is uh, look back into your mind, ask God if he's there with you for guidance and I've always asked for guidance and peace. And once I got my guidance and peace, I was able to move on, and that failure was no longer a failure. It was God's way of telling me you need to move on. If it ain't working, and you try and try and try, try something that might work. Okay. So your, your source of, of strength and resilience in that, in that period of life and where you're now is your faith. Definitely my faith, because prior to that, I was just a wild kid in New York City, uh, getting in trouble. Well, let me back up a little bit. Going into the military, I think the judge had something to do with it. <laughs> uh, I got in trouble, and he says, you need to either join the military, or you're going to be perhaps incarcerated someday for the foolishness of being a youth, you know? And I didn't like that because I respected my parents and I didn't want to uh, degrade them. Being we're immigrants from Malta and uh, we wanted to do the right thing. And so I joined the military and loved it. Loved the military for some reason. Everybody hated it, but I liked it. It was an adventure. I got away from getting in trouble and I learned a career, and that's how I learned to be a barber. Right, right. So you would think that military was a godsend. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because when I got out of the military, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I hooked up with a friend of mine. Actually, let me back up a little bit. I grew up with this kid in New York, and he joined the Navy as I did. And he got out about six months before me. And when he got out and I got out. We hooked up together in New York, went and had a couple of drinks. And he says, let's go to California, check it out for a week. Ended up staying there for 21 years. <laughs> yeah. That's how life goes. That's yeah, that's the way it goes. And I really like California. And uh, that's where I got my start as, as a barber because of two different jobs that I tried out for. My friend says, why don't you be a, a short order cook like me? Mm-hmm. So he told me all the things to do and say. I went there and I didn't know anything about cooking. The guy fired me in three hours. And then I went and worked for another company, Minute Maid, and they fired me after I spilled about 150 gallons of concentrated orange juice. And then I went and worked for Hyatt Diecast, which made aluminum parts, and I didn't like that. At the same time, I was going to barber college because when you cut out of the military, you still have to have a license to cut hair. I went to barber college. 
everybody had long hair in the 60s. Didn't know how to cut long hair, went to beauty college, learned how to cut long hair, perms, colors, and all that. So I went into another dimension, not just men's hair cutting, but everything else. Opened up my own shampoo company, went to the Sassoon Academy in London, where I got inspired to do other things besides just cutting hair. And that's where I'm at right now. Still cutting hair. <laughs> and I know you're very good. Um, Mario, I, since we're talking about business, we're talking about various businesses you started and sold off or exited, would you share some of the key lessons for somebody who is in business? Uh, they're not necessarily in business of hair, but they're in a business of technology or finance or construction, because the lessons you can share will help others. That's why you are here today. So what are some of the things that are most important you have learned? All right. If you are going into business and you are contemplating taking on a partner, he's either going to come into the business with the same amount of money as you or knowledge as you. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Because if he doesn't come in with the same amount of money as you into the, on the table, <coughs> he can leave anytime he wants with nothing to lose. And you're stuck there with all the paperwork and everything else because you would be the one with the backing. Obviously, if he didn't have any money, he would not be asking me to be a partner. And I did this, and it was okay in the beginning, but I found myself giving 100%, and these guys not. And no offense to them, they're still friends to this day, is just... A partner needs to be equal partners, not just come in because, oh, I can do this, I can do that. It's not good to have an absentee manager or a partner that you have to pay for equipment and just because he knows how to use it, he doesn't have to pay. It doesn't work like that, especially if you're both making the same money. Mm-hmm. And that's a good rule of thumb with any business. You know, I would prefer just to be my own man and not have partners because I like to come and go as I please especially at this age I I don't have tolerance anymore for too much nonsense (laughs) I guess you get that way as you get older but I I always lean towards my man upstairs he always helps me out I tell you what when I have a problem and I just lay there at night just before I go to bed I just ask him to give me wisdom and uh, the ability to sleep on this and with a solution in the morning. And it never, ever, ever fails. Never. For me. That's because I believe. You know what I mean? And this is not uh, a religious thing. It's just the way I, li- I live now. You know what I mean? This, I, I like doing good stuff anymore. I don't like to waste time, waste money, and waste other people's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can sense that. Yeah. And I can sense that from what I've seen you do. Well, it's the truth. You know, I lying is for those people who don't know how to get around to the front end of something. I figured that I would trust a, a thief before a liar. Because a thief will say he did it, a liar will say he didn't. You know what I mean? So a thief will say, yeah, you caught me. I'm sorry. And a liar would say, no, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. Well, you know, you saw him do it. <laughs> Whatever it was, right? Right, right. 
that's a that's a great um i didn't think about that but it's so true right yeah it just comes out of me because it's the truth <laughs> and i live this every day you know what i mean this kind of stuff i see clients in the salon that need help <laughs> and what do i do i give them a break if if i feel they can't afford what they're asking for I just give me a discount because who cares, you know, you can't leave with it anyway. You know, I'd rather step on it than kick it. What does that mean? Well, I mean, I, I said it wrong. I'd rather make it than kick it, oh. than step in it. Right, right. You know, making the money yeah. or making a friendship rather than getting in trouble, stepping in you know what. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I, I, I understand. Okay. Um, all right. Mario, let's... Let's switch gears a little bit. Cool. When, when you had to face a decision, a decision that has to be made, and it's a difficult one, uh, can you look into your life and think about a decision you have to make and talk about that and what helped you make a decision, right decision and what have you learned from it, something you can share? Well, talking about my failures, my divorce, the change I made was not to make the same mistakes. Uh, select, don't settle. Pick someone who's in your corner. Pick someone who's equally yoked so that you can be thinking the same way. And it doesn't have to be spiritually. You know what I mean? You could be equally yoked in any other facet of life. You know, if you like the same sport, if you like the same hobbies, things like that. But with me, I think if we're in the same boat, we better be paddling at the same speed or else we're going to go in circles. So that's why I choose my strength, which is my God. Back to that again. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> who you are. It is what I am. Anymore, that's what I am. And whenever I have a decision to make, I always ask him first. And he will lay out the do's and don'ts for me because uh, praying is like talking to an attorney almost. You know, I need to do this. How do I go about it? Well, that's the attorney. He's got the wisdom. The Lord got the most wisdom. So why should I go to an attorney when I can go to him? And he don't charge me. <laughs> I like that. Right. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Mario, can you talk about... To me, what is next for you? What are your, what what is, what, what are you looking forward to next? What well, next what I'd like to do in my craft of hair, I'd love to sell my business and just work a couple of days a week until I don't want to do it anymore, and just just go into the twilight and just have fun with my wife and my daughter and my future son-in-law. You know what I mean? And just enjoy life. I mean, I'm 73. I've been working all my life. And I don't want to just work and die. I want to have some fun. I'd love to travel. That's my passion and my thoughts about what I would like to do is travel and see, go back to Europe. Next year, I want to go back to Malta and Sicily with my sister and a friend of hers and my wife and maybe my daughter and her fiancé. And just see my old relatives. 
I'd love to do that. And because the last time I saw him was in 1965, when I was in the Navy and the ship pulled into Malta. I uh, got on the pier, and this guy was doing these three little cups with beads in them. And he kept beating me and all my buddies out of our money. So then I said to him, hey, listen, can you tell me how to get to this address? And he looked at me. And I'm saying, why is he looking at me like this? It was my cousin. So he gave us all our money back, <laughs> and he took me to where I was born. 66 Ditch Street, Paolo Malta, was the exact address that he lived in, because when we left to come to America, his family took over the unit. And it was only like a dollar a year at that time, wow. the rent. This was uh, right after World War II. You know, and uh, we come to America in 50. I remember the queen being inaugurated, I guess that's what you call it, or being the queen. I don't remember, but I just remember her doing that on TV, and she looked a lot younger then. <laughs> wow. Are you talking about the Queen of England? Yes, the Queen of England. Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah. It's a, you know, sometimes I think about my life as well, and other stories will come into this podcast. It's so amazing. Um, we have connections to each other that we don't even know. Right. And I also have found out that a lot of times we doubt ourselves. We lack confidence. We lack confidence in our own actions, in our own abilities, and in our own talents. And I think it's a tr tragedy. Yeah, I, I can relate to you in that sense because I've always wanted approval from my parents that I was doing good. And... Uh, it was hard to get it, and I, my dad would boast about me, but my mom wouldn't. She, I've always wanted her recognition, and I never got it, unfortunately. And she, she passed away July 12th, but the good thing is she told me she loved me, and that's all I wanted to hear. But I wanted to hear I did good, because it was hard not to finish school for her, but it was more difficult not being told you did well. And that hurt a little bit. But I'm over it now. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like a weird subject for me at this moment. Um, well, I, I do appreciate your um, open, op openness about this, yeah. Mario. Let me ask you this question. When you look back at your life, and you have a chance to go back, right? In, if you meet Mario, like from 50 years ago or 60 years ago, what would you tell that young man? What, like from everything you know now, what well, would you say to your younger self? I would say finish school, go to college, because you're not stupid. You're a smart guy. All you need is direction and someone to put them under your wing, put you under the wing, and tell you you're all right, that, you know, it's okay. You might have screwed up in the past, but it's all right. And you, you can make your own way if you want. And uh, it's been that way ever since I was 16 years old. I was on my own just doing whatever I wanted. I had five sisters, and they were not allowed to do the things I did. You know, they had to be home by the time the streetlight came on. Sometimes I wouldn't come home. That's why I got in trouble. 
peer pressure is the worst thing that anybody can be under because kids will make you do things you were not trained by your parents to do and things you know in your heart you shouldn't do, like steal, fight, and, uh, and, and, and do, talk bad about other people, you know? I remember there was times where I was prejudiced. Now I'm not, not even a little bit. You know, I don't like people to take advantage of me, but you can't judge a whole race or a whole uh, religion for that. You know, you just got to look at your own mind and just do what's the right thing. I always ask people to do the right thing. The right thing is easier than the wrong thing because you can remember the right thing, but you can't remember all those lies you told people because <laughs> yeah. they weren't true. Yeah. And they weren't like, you know, part of your structure. Lies are just something that comes into your head for a moment just to get out of it for a fly, you know? But uh, to tell the truth is like genuine from the heart, and how could you f miss the truth? Right, absolutely. I'm not sure if it's uh, this phrase attributed to Mark Twain, yeah. but he said, always tell the truth. That means you don't have to remember everything, anything, right? You, yeah. if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember. That's so true. Right? You yeah. just keep going. And I never knew that about Mark Twain, and we almost got the same philosophy, I guess. That's but, pretty cool. But I'm not sure he said that or... Uh, may have been attributed to him at some point in life. Uh, Mario, we're coming to the end of this interview. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I always would do this again. <laughs> Next time, maybe we'll talk about my soccer career. I would love it. Uh, my dad was a pro, and I try to follow in his footsteps. And I try to be like my dad. You know, he was a good man. He provided for all of us. I mean, we didn't get everything we wanted but we got everything we needed, and that's all we needed, just to get by and be real Americans. That's it, you know? Uh, Mario, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, Mark. I really did. Yeah, it, was, I... it was good. It got a lot off my uh, chest that I never exposed to another individual, yeah. especially a neutral person like you and not a family. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's what I have felt... Um, in this tribe and this audience that I have been building for the last three years mm. um, is that when we, talk, we, we tell stories from our past, it helps us to heal, grow, and move on. And then you have a chance to reflect. So this becomes part of your, um, part of your, part of your record. Yeah. And uh, we always talk about you writing a book well, you always said you got to leave a legacy. Always got to leave it. So my grandkids could say, hey, that was my grandpa. That's exactly, <laughs> I hope that will be the case. Yeah. Well, there, my yeah. daughter's getting married <laughs> June 22nd. My wife wants grandkids, and I'm sure I do too. Right. And they'll be around. They'll be around. <laughs> Mario, thank you so much. Thank um, you for having me. For telling us the story, speaking with courage and candor and openness. This is what this interview is all about. It's about finding courage to speak up and to share. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, share with your friends, uh, offer feedback. I love to hear back from you. And don't forget to speak brave. <laughs>